Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tech Talk on the radio. How you doing, Jim? Oh, I'm feeling fine. How's everything going with my on the East Coast up there in Philly? East Coast is all right. It's all right. So what's going on on the West Coast? What's the weather like? It's beautiful. I'm looking out and praying for my brothers in the South, my brothers and sisters down there in New Orleans and uh, Florida where they got that hurricane coming through. Yeah. Well, the weather hasn't been too bad here. It's been pretty pretty good here for the past week. So um, why don't you catch us up on the Urban Tech Fair, what's been going on in the last two weeks, and then we're going to bring our guest on the line. He is on the line. But let us know what's um, what's been going on for the past couple of weeks with the Urban Tech Fair. Well, we've been moving forward, uh, restructuring and organizing, trying to line up our city leaders, and get them um, uh, prepared for the upcoming uh, tech fair in their city, securing uh, different colleges. Here in L.A. is starting to uh, generate a lot of activity uh, through the uh, different uh, organizations such as the WLCAC, uh, the California State Consortium, uh, Broadband Consortium, and uh, uh, Dominion with the Compton Athletic League uh, at Dominguez State College. 
So um, L.A. is trying to catch up with Philly. I know you in Philadelphia have gotten together. You've gotten your uh, uh, area outlined for the Wi-Fi car uh, down Gerard Avenue. Uh, you've got your venue uh, set up at the state. Uh, you've got your committees together. And we're just trying to line up the cities now. Uh, Herschel uh, Daniels has been doing a lot in the Cleveland uh, area, Cincinnati area, Ohio. Uh, he secured uh, Xavier University. Uh, they're talking about putting up the Wi-Fi cloud down there. We're looking now in terms of developing the uh, committee and the base set for uh, uh, the state for Cincinnati, Ohio. Duke uh, is still on hold, but there's a, a lot of interest, especially with the uh, Congressional Black Caucus coming up. And uh, Lynn Cooper has been active in, in that area down there in D.C. So things are moving forward, but that's only cities out of 10. We have over uh, 30 people that are interested in doing an urban check there in 17 different cities. But our criteria requires that you uh, secure a local college, that you identify a community for us to put the uh, Wi-Fi cloud in, and that you develop an organizing committee, which means more than uh, uh, two people. Yes. Um, to let you know, Markel Russell, who posts all the time in the um, group, he's interested in Atlanta. He said, what's going on in Atlanta? I told him we just need a leader. And so he's interested in that. So we have a possibility Atlanta start coming coming through as well. Great. So, um, great. Um, Jim, I'm going to bring our caller on the line. Hello, Mark Hampton? Yes, I'm here. Hello, how are you, sir? I'm well, I'm well. How have you been? Been great, been great. Awesome. Jim? So, so my brother, as uh, we always start off the show, why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about yourself and how you got to do uh, develop this interest in technology and experience? Well, I've... Um I've made my career uh, in technology, uh, primarily in uh, information and use of information and, and software. Uh, over the years, uh, I've done a lot of work uh, analyzing different processes and the, the data that flows through and is created by business processes. Uh, so, doing that for various uh, types of institutions that wanted a better understanding of of their enterprise in that regard and having done some work for international standards organizations. Uh, so at this point, uh, after about uh, maybe 15, 20 years of that type of experience, I've created a consulting practice, uh, a very small consulting practice where uh, myself and other contracted analysts do those things and the documentation that other professionals need to do their work based on our understanding uh, of their business. So, uh, most recently, uh, the consulting practice where I offer those services to, to various organizations and also uh, staffing 
full projects that are related to, to that type of, of work and documentation and the management projects. So uh, that's that's who I am and where I am in that regard right now. Uh, well, what what else can I tell you? Um, please, anything you like. Well, um, Mark, just for our listeners so that they will know um, a little bit about you and can kind of attach to you, can you tell them a little bit about who is Mark Hampton, who's the person, where are you from, you know, your East Coast, West Coast, the Urban Tech Fair, you know, we um, it's launched by city, so, you know, people, you know, really want to know, like, you know, who you're representing, you know, where you come from, and how did you become interested in technology? Okay. Uh, well, I'm from I'm from Westerly, uh, born and bred. Uh, and I always had an interest from uh, childhood in how things work. You know, just just how things stuck together. Uh, you know, different different just 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 the mechanics and dynamics of how things work. And uh, you know, along the way, got interested in, in economics in particular, and uh, I just saw how much information there was. Uh, around that, so that's that's how I got attracted to it. Uh, I actually uh, had an in- interest in, in engineering and uh, you know developing different types of technologies and and uh, you know designing and inventing things. So it's just over the course of years, I, I just got so interested in information. So when people say information technology, a lot of the time the focus is on technology, but in many ways, it's about information. So uh, that's how I'm representing. Okay, Jim. Uh, Brother Marquis, I, I don't know whether it's my phone or the uh, system. I was just having a little problem hearing, a little bit garbled. If you don't mind speaking up. Uh, I think I heard you talk about your interest in uh, involvement in international. You said something about international. Can you repeat that part? Uh, yeah, I, I was just saying that at, at a different point in my career, and I've done some work for uh, international standards organizations in the way of modeling business processes and, and modeling data architectures for uh, for global supply chains. And, uh, and or organizations that are interested in supply chain logistics, you know, identification of, of different materials moving through our economy. Well, you know, that word kind of caught my attention because one of the focuses of German Tech here is about generating new markets and developing new products and services. Uh, we've recently developed a relationship with the Tent of the African Union so that we can begin to uh, communicate with the, our brothers in the diaspora and develop those type of links that you're talking about. I heard you mention about standards. I posted a uh, story uh, today talking about how the uh, rare earth materials that are coming out of the Congo such as titanium and tungsten, uh, are really generating and uh, contributing to the, uh, the the wars there and the things going on in the Congo. Uh, in your experience, 
I'm pretty much talking about blood, diamonds, uh, rare earth conflict materials. How does it affect uh, some of the standards and some of the international relationships relative to should uh, uh, we as uh, African Americans uh, be boycotting certain materials and boycotting uh, certain products that aren't registered as concrete, or should we wait for the UN or somebody else to settle that problem? Hmm. Um, I, I that's that's uh, that's. Uh, hmm. I, I understand this the, the nature of the challenge, but I guess the, the, the politics of it are sort of out of my scope, and, and how to uh, you know what the best things to do in that regard in terms of moving uh, various materials into and through the global supply chain. Uh, it's a matter of, you know, identifying the, the entities that are interested in doing uh, business, so to speak, uh, in the global markets and adhering to certain standards of identification and uh, ownership of certain materials as they uh, sort of change states from, from raw materials in the finished products. And you know how how the changes create certain inform- information uh, related to the, the entities uh, you know owning those processes. So then uh, these can be globally recognized, globally identified, and uh, you know prepared to to take orders and, and do business and the rest of the business processes uh, that are currently enabled by electronic data interchange. And uh, different different sorts of means to which global business is transacted. So I guess uh, you know understanding those entities and those relationships and identification in the systems that relate to global trade. Uh, and, you know, I can speak to that. I can't speak to the politics of, of boycotts or whatnot. Well, I know politics can be difficult uh, when you're talking about the motherland. There's so many different governmental institutions that are involved in so many of the forces uh, of colonialism in terms of the uh, uh, the graft and the process. Uh, I know here in uh, L.A. I was having a discussion with people the other day who uh, made me aware of the fact that they're already bringing uh, knockoff or uh, uh, copy of, uh, of the beat headphones. They look just like them. The packaging looks just like them, but they're plastic instead of metal. The branding is in there. And uh, people that are going out thinking they're paying uh, for an official uh, brand uh, because of the price is so low. And jumping on it, you know, our people are always looking for the next hookup. So I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't hear what, I didn't hear what product you were referring to. What was it? You know the Beats uh, headphones. Oh yes, yes. But, uh, you know, all the hip hop artists from uh, uh, Fifty Cent to P Diddy to Dr. Dre are now coming out with their own headphone set. Right. They're all coming out with their own brand. And they're pretty popular. I know the uh, Dr. Gray's go for about $200. They're selling them on the street here in L.A. for $40. Uh, 
counterfeiting, I mean, counterfeiting of products is, is a global problem. A global problem. I mean, there are, you know, uh, it's just a global problem. Yeah. Yeah, that goes on all the time. They set up shops and they bus shops and set up. Mm -hmm. I guess my question is relative to uh, the advances in technology, whether you're talking about F codes, uh, uh, augmented reality stamps, uh, uh, a watermark. How do you feel technology is going to? Approach the issue of uh, 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 piracy and uh, uh, fake goods coming. Well, that's that's, that's a good. That's a good. Do you know it's real? That's a good question. Now, I uh, just as you said that, I don't know of any products, uh, you know, off the top of my head, or brands that are in that space. But uh, I'm guessing that you know there's technology emerging. Uh, and or becoming, I guess, marketable, inexpensive enough where uh, items could be, you know, pretty uniquely and pretty specifically identified. Uh, you know, now it's, it's the thing about that is that it's just a matter of time before someone figures out how to counterfeit that. You know, so but uh, I, I would I would imagine that there's ways. Um, you know, like they have the, the magnetic, the various theft detection devices. You know, I can imagine an evolution of technology where, you know, it's not only detected, but it's serialized and to be, you know, relatively uniquely identified. And like I said, it, it, it may be a matter of time before someone can spoof that, but there could be there could be technology available. So it's just a matter but then, again, economics. Uh, you know, is it worth spending the money to incorporate that in your brand to protect it, you know, versus just you know keeping your market position and you know however it is that you're earning from your product in the face of competition from counterfeits. So you know, it's just to be the economics of that, but there's probably technology that can that could do that. That, that, that sounds good, and you know I kind of get hung up on the subject. I said that. We've been talking with uh, uh, different groups from uh, the diaspora, and they've let us know that uh, there are a lot of con- con- countries in Africa that are looking to do business directly with African Americans, and they, they put uh, set aside in place that business, and it's just a matter of us reaching out. They're looking to tap into our, our brain trust here. I often say that. Uh, we as uh, in America are the originators of American pop culture. What we create here on the streets of uh, uh, Philly and South Central sold all over the world. And it's time for us to begin to become producers instead of consumers and get in on that supply chain. So when you start talking about uh, supply chains and business structures, it, it definitely caught my attention. Uh, because we've got to find out new ways in our communities to develop uh, new sources of income, new sources of distribution, uh, uh, new sales channels. And if I hear you correctly, I think that's uh, the road that you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, 
and I don't think claim to be an expert in this area, but there there are definitely uh, you know infrastructures and and, and mechanisms to which uh, you know global commerce is transacted, uh, you know, in a standard fashion, and it's a matter of uh, becoming aware of them and uh, being prepared and developing the expertise, uh, you know, to to sort of communicate uh, with the global community. You know, we've got mechanisms through which we communicate socially in a relatively you know standard pattern mechanism that people can learn. You know, we we aware of the products that do that for us. You know, likewise, uh, in global commerce, you know, the technology has evolved in the same way. And uh, you know, becoming aware of it, familiar with it, becoming users of it, seeing the utility in it, and, uh, and you know, and, and doing business. Uh, particularly when there are people, organizations, entities, countries, uh, you know, that have resources uh, that are of value and utility on the global marketplace. So, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not tapped into what degree, you know, the awareness and expertise in the community in general, but uh, you know, I provide consulting services in that area and uh, I can be reached. Well, why don't we change subjects here and uh, you tell us uh, a little bit about how you became a, a consultant. Uh, in this economy right now with a lot of people out of work that I gained a year of experience on the job, uh, a consulting business seems like a great opportunity in terms of, of starting their own their own company. Uh, what would you advise to any of the listeners that are thinking about getting into the uh, uh, consultant uh, industry? What are some of the uh, pitfalls and uh, benchmarks that you should look out for? Yeah, it brings to mind an old proverb, uh, and I forget the exact wording of it, but there's nothing more valuable than your reputation. So, you know, if if you if you're interested in being a consultant, uh, you, you have to be reputable uh, in your opinions. So, I don't think that's something that can really be created, you know, if if, if your reputation is not thus. I mean, at least it can't be created in real time. So uh, now there, there are ways to market oneself as a consultant and, and you know, potentially create a little business around that. But in my experience, and it goes back to the old adage, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Uh, for a consultant, it's a matter of uh, who will listen to you and who is willing to pay for your opinion and, and pay for your, your output or your product. So... Uh, now, if you are an expert in your field or if you have at least a strong reputation in what you do, uh, then it's a matter of packaging. And I, I would say, uh, uh, you know, successfully where preparation meets opportunity. Uh, you know, understand and be prepared to position yourself as a consultant. Uh, perhaps set up an entity you know, business-wise to which you do that type of business. Uh, try to have some understanding of your brand and, and how you're going to position your brand in the market space, understand your competitors uh, for the work 
uh, understanding the marketplace, you know, who your clients are, what their sensitivities are. And uh, in my experience, you know, be it, live it, do it, and the opportunities will present themselves. Okay. Yeah, uh, I know that you come out of uh, consulting work and so forth. I think this is a topic that you might just chime in on. Well, he's correct. It's about, um, well, you know, as Lee Green said, it's not about um, who you know, but it's about who knows you. And that's just about standing on your reputation. Um, if anyone is interested in going to be, going into business for yourself, understand it is um, it's a full-time commitment. You can't do it half. It's not like you go to work. You know, people go to work and, you know, you want to take some supplies and everything home because you don't think how it affects the whole, you know, chain. And no matter what, you're the one responsible. So, really, if you want to start your business, you have to be willing, you know, one, to be um, have that mentality, to have that accountability. And... Um, you know, you know, you establish yourself, your your reputation. Um, it's just, you know, standard business building. You need to know your competition, and that that you should research first. You know, what is the market like for what you're getting into, even as a consultant? What's the market like? What are the opportunities? Um, <clears throat> what can you offer over your competition? And you know, then there has to be relationships. There has to be a reason why someone, you know, would pay for your services. And um and absolutely, Jack, and you brought up a good point. You know, reputation along, you know, with relationships. A lot of business is is not done on the best price or on the best product. It's done for the best service. It's done on the basis of uh of relationships. I I would say the majority of business is really done that way. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's done, it's, and especially consulting work. It's about your relationship um, and how well you're known for your work. And so, you know, in that, um, you know, consulting can be, you know, well, each business has its own nuances. So, you know, just for the person, um, it's probably not so much consulting. That's a great opportunity right now. It's probably more for Mark is the type of consulting work that he's doing. So it's not just that you're a consultant. It's the um, it's really a consultants are you know specialists. It's about specializing. Absolutely. And, I mean, that's that's what. Uh organizations are willing to pay for and you know that specialization. The the other thing I just wanted to throw in as as we were talking about it, uh, one of the tips I would give for anyone in particularly in a consulting practice or or, or that that type of practice, uh, you know, no no contracting, no no contracts or or have a resource that knows contracts. Uh, a lot of times what I'm seeing in the industry is uh, you know, profits are, are gained or lost uh, based on the, the specificity, the tightness, and the, uh, the balance of the contract of the agreement. So, 
I just wanted to throw that out. Uh, what I hear you and Jackie both agreeing on is that you, you've got to have a plan and you've got to know your uh, uh, market and you've got to have an established foothold in that uh, particular industry before you step out. And that's uh, great advice for anybody trying to start any type of business. Now, relative to technology, they have a lot of new uh, services available via the cloud, whether you're talking about uh, Google Tools or uh, Zoho or FMYI, there's a lot of different programs that uh, help you uh, provide goods and services uh, virtually and to be able to interact uh, in a real-time sense with a, uh, uh, a remote uh, a customer, even though they may be miles away or on the other side of the uh, country. Are you using any of those tools and which ones do you recommend? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I don't. I don't have any specific recommend, recommendations of, of that type of technology of the, of the particular type that you mentioned. Um, when I think of some of the, the challenges in our community, I mean, we, we, there's. I think we generally learn to make ourselves avail of the different types and styles of communication mechanisms. I think that. There's a lot of sort of basic technology for us uh, personally and in the business sense that's available. And for the, the example I'm going to use is, uh, you know, some of the money management products, uh, you know, without naming any brand names, but they're, they're products uh, through which people can, you know, manage their checkbook, manage their budget, their bills and things like that. Uh, there's a lot of people that are not familiar or don't get utility out of basic uh, desktop applications. So, you know, there's, there's technology that, that becomes very popular, and then there's sort of relatively old technology that uh, a lot of folks, you know, just aren't getting the utility out of for whatever reason. So uh, I can't really recommend the, uh, you know, that, the style of product that you mentioned, the cloud, you know, the cloud being a utility, you know, there's so so the cloud is a delivery mechanism, right? So you can what once was a desktop application for managing your finances is now a cloud application for managing your finances. It's, it's a different mechanism and it's great. And if it drives people to utilize if the awareness of that technology drives people to utilize you know, what they're able to do with their information. It's a point I made relatively early on about, you know, we say information technology. There's that information part, right? So, you know, there's a, a lot of ways where we could more efficiently manage our information through all these different means of technology, whether it's at the desktop or in the cloud. But, uh, you know, for for a lot of us personally and in business, you know, there's there's basic, well, I don't want to say basic, but there's desktop applications and extensions of desktop applications that we can use to, uh, you know, more efficiently do what we do internally, you know, for our business. Okay. Um, gentlemen, I want to let you know we have a caller on the line from the 404 from Atlanta. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, we can, sir. 
Hey, how you doing? How you doing? This is um, Marquel Russell. I'm here in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, I'm definitely enjoying the show, so I definitely want to plug in. I spoke with Jacqueline earlier, and I've been checking out Jim and what you, what you guys have going on with the urban tech community. And it's, and it's definitely phenomenal. I definitely follow them. I'm very excited about what you're doing and direct your head with things. And definitely... I um, want to definitely help out in what I can with, you know, spreading the word, spreading the message which you have going, because I definitely feel like it's something that's much needed at this point. So just want to tip my hat out to you, and I really, and I'm, I'm just plugging in, taking a couple notes, listening to the show, and definitely um, enjoying it. This is my first time tuning in, so I'm definitely getting yeah, a lot of value out of it. Great. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, Marquel. Yeah. I know you said you're from Atlanta. But do you have your own business or what's your specialty? Well, yes, I, um, I'm actually I actually have a company called the Global Wealth Firm, and basically we're a global personal and development company, and we do a lot of coaching and training for um, home business entrepreneurs, help entrepreneurs build businesses from home, whether it's online or a lot of our clients are network marketers, or I teach a lot of people, you know, how to develop blogging platforms around their passions. So that's pretty much what we do, help people develop businesses from home so they're not kind of caught up in the rut of trying to find a job and getting laid off from the job and kind of getting stuck in that stranglehold. So, you know, kind of even if they do have a job, we show them how to build a business, a profitable business on the side so that way they're more in control of their destiny and their financial situation and et cetera. So that's pretty that's much what I'm that sounds great. Uh, do you have a question for our guest tonight? Uh, you seem to be in the same uh, line of business. He's been uh, consulting in uh, technology, and you're in consulting for uh, uh, home-based businesses. Hey, could, you, could you say that one more time? I'm kind of having a hard time hearing He said, um, do you have any questions for for our guest, Marquel? Well, yeah, I, um. Basically, what I was because I kind of got in, I ain't checking right at the beginning, so I um, wanted to really get a better understanding of exactly the the consultancy that he does as far as technology. So I kind of caught it in the middle of the conversation, so I kind of want to get a better understanding of exactly you know what his company does and what he what he offers. Sure. Um, so uh, a lot of what I do is uh, different types of business analysis. So uh, organizations, uh, and a lot of times they, they, they've grown and the, the information about the organization is, is, is inside of people's heads. It's not documented. Uh, so if they want to bring in a new system uh, or, or, or some sort of upgrade in their technology, in order to transition to that new technology, they need to know more about what they're transitioning. So, you know, I might go in and you know, get an understanding of what the nature of the change is. Are they changing systems? Are they changing the rules by which they do their business? Are they you know, consolidating either their information or the functionality that technology is providing to their company? So uh, I work with the stakeholders, the business process owners, to document what they're trying to do and then work with the people who are directly responsible for implementing a technology solution 
and, and sort of bridging that communication communication gap between those that are directly responsible for the business and those that are directly responsible for technology. So uh, and I tell people 51% of what I do is really related to communication, and 49% is really related to uh, technology and, and, and analysis of technology. So uh, sometimes I get involved also in managing the projects uh, that, that are sort of uh, related to uh, the analysis that's been performed. So uh, once, once the understanding is gained, then it's communicated to those who own the technology, and then I'll sort of track that uh, from, from the concept through to the delivery and make sure it's tested and does, uh, you know, does what we set out to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. It makes sense. So, so basically, um, I guess from your expertise, what would? Because I work with you know definitely a lot of um, startup entrepreneurs. So, from from your perspective, what do you recommend? Because I know you work with a lot of people as well. So, what would you recommend being a, a lot of startup entrepreneurs doing beforehand that they're not doing? Like you said, because a lot of people have ideas in their heads, but they um, haven't really done the proper protocol to kind of get it in the motion. So, what what are you recommending that startup entrepreneurs do beforehand that they're not doing at this point? Well, I, I would recommend uh, you know a basic understanding of so the business entity, you know the the idea of of having a corporation or an LLC or, or, or that entity. Uh, sort of understanding that it takes on a life of its own and, and has its own financial status, uh, and sort of sort of the having having the cup that you're going to pour this water into, right? So you, you have to have that structure for the money to flow into, you know, and to, to have an understanding of that, sort of the groundwork. And then, uh, as Jackie was saying earlier, uh, understand your product service and understand the marketplace and be realistic uh, you know be realistic you know and again so for instance we were talking earlier about having technology you have you have the internet there's a wealth of information out there do your homework you know do your homework you know about your product market your competitors it's marketability it's profitability you know you have have a basic understanding of accounting. Um, you know, I've consulted in the past with a small business that didn't understand they had expenses. And that, that sounds interesting, but, you know, so a lot of the basics, so from business entity perspective, running a business, and then do your homework about your product and your brand. You can put some thought into it. There's lots of resources out there. You know, do a lot of homework. Yes, you can call me though if you need in, if you need to research your your brand, your product, your processes as far as you know for startups. You can just call me. But um, Mark, can you share with her? I mean, what size businesses do you normally deal with? Like Markel generally deals with startup and home based businesses. What um, what size and type of businesses do you normally deal with? Right. I mean, most of my work has been with very large insurance companies. Uh, I've done some work for the city of New York, one of their projects. 
So most of what I've done professionally uh, has, has been identity. However, I did, I've done some volunteer work with organizations like SCORE, where mm-hmm. when I'm doing consulting for individuals that are startups and trying to transition their business uh, to the next level, and I basically tell them what I said uh, a few minutes ago. A lot of times the, the fly in their appointment is, is that they haven't done enough homework. You know, the, the entity part is, is resolvable, and you can always set up an entity and set up some books and, and get an accountant. But a lot of times um, what there are are really artists of different sorts, and mm-hmm. the, the, what, they're, what they're marketing, uh, at least in the short term, you know, it's, it's not economically feasible for the situation that they're in. So that's, that's the most common uh, piece of it. And the other case is where, you know, the idea is, is just not profitable or it's just not going to scale well. Uh, or a lot of times, uh, you know, it, it's you know we, we live in a capitalist society. People don't have money. They don't have the capital. They don't have the credit. So, uh, you know, building those types of resources, you know, building that type of knowledge, you know, just, just fundamentals. You know, do the homework yeah. and pick the fundamentals. Yes, I think that's just key. You can't say that enough. Too many of us, too many people jump into business that are going to do their business without the research, and they don't research their target market. And researching your target market helps you. You have to research the market. You have to know what the market is, what's going on in the market, your competition, and what opportunities actually exist. And yet you need to do the numbers. You, you know, what's it going to take to break even? You know, what capital? You know, you have to include everything, you know. And and a lot of times because we, a lot of people, you start your business, you may not pay yourself. You still have to account for in the salary for yourself. And that's where a lot of times people get lost in profitability or feel that they failed and feel that the business was bad. But a lot of times it's not the business, it's poor planning and not actually doing a feasibility study before you even start. And then um, sometimes you may have to alter your ideas or your plan accordingly, but if you do the research, a lot of times you'll find new opportunities. But that's just the biggest problem I find, that people do not research. They don't research their target um, audience, and they build the business you know, based off of general ideas, but not a lot of solid facts. Hey, Jackie, I'm going to, uh, it's been a pleasure uh, yeah. being, being a guest and, and being with your listeners. Uh, I'm going to get going. Uh, I look forward to hearing from you again. look forward to listening in again and being a guest. It's been a lot of fun. All right, then. Thank you so much for being our guest. Oh, let me, I'm sorry, i got to open up Jim so he can at least say goodbye to you. Jim, I apologize. It was some background noise. Well, before you leave, Mark, let's tell everybody once again the name of your company and how to contact you. Right. Uh, I My company is Hampton Technology Resources, Inc. Um, my website is hamptontechnology.net. That's hamptontechnology.net. Uh, you can contact me through that website. Uh, we'd be glad to hear from you. Okay. Thank you, brother. Right, you shared good knowledge, some good, solid information with us this evening. 
and we really appreciate support and you being a part of this movement to bring access, education, and commerce into our own community. It's been my pleasure. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. All righty. And um, I want to say hi to Cynthia. She's in the chat room. Hi, Cynthia. <laughs> She's in the chat room listening in as well. And to our other guests in the chat room. So we are down to 15 minutes. So um, you have anything else for us, Jim? Well, yes, I just want to encourage everybody uh, to keep moving forward, to keep sharing information, to uh, keep beating on this digital drum. Uh, my pastor was uh, talking this morning about the... Uh, the, uh, the four men who had leprosy in Jerusalem when the uh, Syrians were attacking. And they had a choice of either staying where they were at at the city gate and starving to death or going back into the city where they would be uh, abused as lepers and starving to death. Or the last option was to go over into the enemy's camp and the enemy is either going to kill them or feed them. So they decided to uh, believe God and go forward into the enemy's camp. And God created ruckus and such a noise and their movement from the city to the enemy's camp that the enemy thought a whole army was coming to get them, and they took off running. So that when the lepers got to the camp, there was all the food, water, and everything that the enemy had left because they were trying to get out so quickly, they were so afraid. And the most that our sermon was that you've got to step out, you've got to step forward, you can't go backwards. So we've made a lot of progress over the last year, and it may not seem as though we've hit any big hurdles or numbers, but in terms of our organization, in terms of gathering people together and getting them on the same page, we're moving forward. And we're about to step out this time as we begin to bring this message of empowerment, of education, of access all across the community, the cities from the West Coast to the East Coast, from, from Maine to uh, Atlanta. And we're just so thrilled about all the support that we've been getting and the people that have been encouraging us. And even though some people are standing on the sidelines watching, we want them to know that we're moving forward. Every day we're doing something positively. And I just thank all the people that Jackie has gathered, that have gotten involved, uh, that are continually commenting on our Facebook and LinkedIn page, and uh, let them know that we really appreciate your support and participation because that's what our movement is about. Uh, it's about getting involved and realizing the resources, the challenge, and the knowledge that's available in our own backyard. Yes. Um, and, you know, I just hope people just recognize the tremendous levels of talent that we have in our community. And these people are, you know, our neighbors. You may or may not even realize or know that these people exist. So I just would call us 
to, you know, to start organizing, coming together, one, getting to know one another. I think I saw on, um, they were reporting from the Essence Festival, and it was talking about, you know, the epidemic of black males. And the one thing he said um, was about, you know, us not, if we're not talking to our own children or our own family members, not checking them, how will we check our neighbors? And we just have become so dispersed in our community that we don't recognize who else is around us. But um, if we just be strategic, and that's what I like about the urban tech fair, um, what what's it doing? What what the urban tech fair does is actually bring gives us a strategy and an infrastructure, more than a strategy, give us an infrastructure where we can actually come together and see all that we have, an infrastructure that showcases what's already existing in the community. And I just think automatic, once we know what we have, we can easily come up with ways to leverage one another to, you know, to build our communities even further. So I just think it, we don't even realize all who's around us and what we actually have. And taking the chance to review the uh, Facebook uh, uh, discussion group, you'll see that we've looked at over a billion dollars, a billion dollars in funds available for startups, for innovators, different contests, challenges. Uh, you know, we start I listed over a hundred different scholarships and grants just the other day. And this is the information I'm posting. People like Mike Green of the America uh, 21, uh, the BDPA, uh, uh, Norm Bonds. Uh, what's Norm Bonds' organization? Black uh, Econ- uh, well, other than Norm Bonds Associates, his website is Black Economic Development. And they're putting up great information on that page. So it's a great source of information. We want everybody to tell their friends and family to check that Facebook discussion and LinkedIn discussion group. Wherever yeah, you they are, are great are. resources. They're great resources there. So, um, well, it's been a great show. Thank you so much for calling in, Markel. You know, I guess Cynthia. She give us, you know, chat room love. She said, hey. <laughs> and um, so talking about Cynthia, don't forget Girls Got Geek. You know, go out and help. And that's one of our startups that we can help build up, Girls Got Geek. So however you can help out, just go to girlsgotgeek.com and um, just check it out and see, you know, how you can be of service and how you can help. And um, I guess say that's about it for right now. We just need everyone to go to www.urbantechfair.org. Please sign up our, for our official list so we can keep you informed of what's going on, let you know when we get to your city. Um, I think we did have a other than not just Atlanta. I think somebody wanted to know when we would be in Chicago. So we're getting different questions coming out. And um, I think Bill Houston addressed the question about Chicago. So just, you know, whatever questions you have, post your questions. You know, you're ready to get down to work. You know, we're here. But it's an exciting time, exciting opportunities. 
And just let's, you know, let's get moving. Jim, 30 seconds, whole world listening. We just want the whole world to realize the power of our community, the power of unity, of when we come together. Uh, you may not have the answer, but somebody close to you has the answer. And if you begin to work together and move the grain of sand of each according to our gifts and talents, we can move the whole beach. All right. Markel, you have anything, any parting words for us? Um, like you said, just just keep pushing forward. I mean, that's the key. I mean, I mean the world definitely needs this information right now, and it's all about this empowering and, and teaching the world, especially the next generation. Um, my my philosophy is definitely using technology to to take to take control of your de- your destiny, and, and, and the time is now is the entrepreneurial uh, age right now. So definitely move forward doing something that you're passionate about and, and, and latching on to whatever your purpose in life is and, 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 and wondering like your life's trending on it. So that's, that's it. And, and I'm excited about what y'all are doing and, and like I said, however I can help, help move the message forward, I'm all for it. Okay. Alrighty, so well, we're just going to get ready to go, so we're just going to roll on out, and we will be back um, in two weeks. That will be September the 12th, I think, is our next date, and our guest um, is a Sunday, so it's going to be September the 9th, the 9th, but our guest, we're going to be talking about film and technology, about the film industry and how technology has totally changed the film industry and the opportunities for independent artists to distribute their films and some real movements that's starting to go on in the um, independent film industry for blacks. They're getting, they're um, leveraging um, the opportunities to distribute and coming together. So if you want to see the power of coming together, how blacks are literally launching films through a movement by just coming together, encouraging everyone to come out, it's a real grassroots movement, and they're selecting one film at a time, and then they all get behind that one film until that's launched. And what they're doing, they are launching, you know, films. And so um, it's a good lesson we can take with about supporting business, being willing to everybody get behind one, you know, one project, get that off and launched. And then that move the next project through. But that's what they're doing in film now. So we're going to speak with Mike Dennis from Real Black um, here in Philadelphia. He's part of the firm movement that was started by a woman out in L.A., and she's the only black woman to ever win Sundance. So um, we're just it's, it's going to be an exciting time. We're going to learn some more. We're going to learn about how technology is um, empowering the film industry and what we can do to help. Okay. So um, that's it, gentlemen. This is Master Real Radio, and we speak for everyone. Peace and love. And um, we're going to guess we're going to roll off on a song called um, Gone. <laughs> All righty.
one person in this world who is meant to be your soulmate, your lifelong companion. The irony is, rarely do these two people hook up. They just wander about aimlessly. But if you're lucky, and you do find that person, you can't roll it. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.